When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Bigfoot Collectors Club with Bryce and Michael. I know a ghost story or two. Let's do this. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Bigfoot Collectors Club, the show where we talk to amazing guests about the personal paranormal Wait, history you, and share stories of high strangeness. You changed your voice between this and the last recording. because <laughs> now I'm sexy now. Oh, boy. This is my show, my house, my sexy Dude, voice. Dude, you're in the airport. Uh, yeah, we are coming to you live from Salt Lake City Airport. International. Uh, where the live show has not stopped because we have two very nice, bewildered ladies sitting here listening at the gate as we sit here on the floor recording the introduction to part two. Part two, that's right, of Bigfoot Collectors Club, a funny feeling podcast, Monster Mash, live from FanX at Salt Lake City. I'm uh, Before I go any further, I'm your host, Michael McMillan. With me always is... Bryce Johnson. Your other host and our super producer... Riley Bray. And guest stars galore from a funny feeling podcast... Marcy Jaro And... Betsy Sadaro. So, uh, if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to part one of Bigfoot Collectors Club and a funny feeling podcast, Monster Mash Live from Salt Lake City Fan X Comic Book Convention, it was dropped yesterday. On a funny feeling podcast. So go over there, listen to that. It's fun. We're on it a ton. Oh yeah. And then come, come over here. here and listen to this part two. And then stay tuned because after the live show ends, we're gonna have a special interview with a fan telling a fun paranormal story from live on the floor. So go listen to Funny Feeling. Come back here. Listen to part two. Too much work. Stick around. No, it's real easy. It's on the same device Guys, you're using right now. Do what you want. I don't know. <laughs> no. You want them to listen to I your show. I feel bad. Go listen to their show. It's great. We'll be there. It's a mashup classic comic book crossover. Here's part two of Monster Mash Live. I know a ghost story too. Let's do this. in the existence of, or the possibility of the existence of a creature like a Bigfoot uh, that is alive. Nice. Oh, this is a great right. Well, yeah. that is the perfect segue, Bryce, because yeah. uh, if, you do, if you listen to Bigfoot Collectors Club, there's a game we like to play with our guests. Yeah, perfect. All right, this is a game we like to call... Bullshit or Believe It. <laughs> All right, here's how this game works. I'm going to go down a list of cryptids, creatures, and the like. And if you believe in it, you're going to clap. If you don't believe in it, you're going to boo. So this is kind of a boo or clap, which is good because you're, you're, you're a ghost-themed podcast, right, Marcy? Yeah. Betsy? Oh, so yeah. Yeah. Boo, the classic uh, vocalization of a ghost. And the clap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how a lot of how people died and became ghosts. Oh, yeah. Here we go. <laughs> Are you guys ready? On your mark. Get set. Ghosts. Yeah. All right, believers. UFOs. Oh, yeah. More believers. Bigfoot. Angels. 
Obviously, Utah's very polarized hard, on that subject. Hard, hard diss on angels. Love that. Gnomes. <laughs> Unicorns. <laughs> shadow people. Yeah, we heard a few shadow the people stories today. The only today. time shadow people have gotten applause. <laughs> That's all we've wanted. Loch Ness Monster. Ah, yeah. they didn't Fuck like so your least. first segment. They believe it in. They believe it still. Yeah. <laughs> Little gray aliens. Okay. Yeah. Mixed we bag. Got a, mixed that was bag. a mixed yeah. reaction. Yeah. Dog man. <laughs> Parallel universes. <laughs> The Loveland Frogman. <laughs> Just, Just a hushed, questioning silence. Stump. That's real niche, I think. Well, it's some so of these are niche. creatures we've covered on the show. He right, is right. niche. He's Michael a local frogman that people saw in Ohio yeah. in the like. I'm not uh, happy about that one. 70s. Man. You get over it. Mer- <laughs> mermaids. The, oh, we got a couple believers. I manatees. believe it's strong. I just they're manatees. Pictured, uh, I just pictured. Yeah, I just right, pictured right. Ariel getting pummeled with rotten tomatoes. <laughs> Heaven. Mix. Yeah, a little mixed yeah. bag. Mixed bag. Hell. Boo. More also people believe bag. in hell than heaven, though. Yeti. <laughs> Venusians, a.k.a. hot blondes from Venus. So <laughs> 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 my want to believes out there, maybe? ESP. Absolutely. That's a proven thing. Chupacabra. Sure. Demons. Split right down the center. Atlantis. Yes, sure. Leaning one guy bullshit. in an aqu- one guy in the back in an Aquaman t shirt's like, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know it does. Bat squatch. Yeah. <laughs> I'm disappointed I, in you people. Someone wanted to clap, but they were too embarrassed. <laughs> you, sir, you stand up and you clap and you be proud of your beliefs. <laughs> Life on other planets. Unanimous. World peace. <laughs> the one and only time world peace has yeah. now been booed. Peace in the multiverse possible. Alright, you know what? You guys did a great job. Give yourself awesome. a round of applause. I like the Bigfoot believers. I like the UFO believers in here. This is good. Also, I realize this is a great pander to just get people to applaud for us. Yeah. we got to work this into the show more often. Alright, guys. It's come to that time of the show. It is time for this thing to work again. <laughs> this is a segment we like to call High Strangeness. Ooh, I love that. Alright, go all right so uh like i mentioned earlier utah i looked up cryptids and creatures around salt lake city and i gotta tell you something is up i found stories of big cats and thunderbird sightings bigfoot big bigfoot bigfoot (laughs) he's like what's big Bigfoot lurking in Provo. Kangaroos where there aren't supposed to be kangaroos. This is a thing I found out. You guys have kangaroos here because some jackass in Wyoming like let them out to mow the lawn and now they're everywhere, I guess. Uh, a giant purple snake lurking around Salt Lake that has a scar over its eye and eats people. I found that... <laughs> I found that on the Mysterious Universe website. Couldn't find a name of it or find any other witnesses. Hey, come on in, guys. You don't have to stay. This is a paranormal podcast. You can come hang out for a little while. We're going to talk about monsters. Um, Shaka back, bro. There was also some old-timey dude who once in the 1800s brought whales out from the ocean in giant wooden tanks and then dumped them in Salt Lake in pens. And like a very archaic version of SeaWorld. Oh, God. Whoa. And it was like a pioneer SeaWorld. He was like, because they were disappointed because nothing, nothing, there aren't any like a lot of fish in Great Salt Lake because of the saline. And he's like, I bet I could put a couple whales in here. 
And the whales broke out of their pens and swam off. And people, I see a hand. I'm going to ask you, I'll ask you about this real quick. And people thought that maybe they, they went away and died. 30 years later, they found these two whales living their lives in Great Salt Lake. And then whalers came out and hunted and killed them. Come on. People are bad. Do you have something to add, young young sir? Come up, up to the front. What's your name? Chase. Chase. What's up, Chase? Chase. It's actually interesting you mentioned that because I, on late nights, I just look up random facts on the internet, you know, like what everyone does. That's basically what started this facts. podcast. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We hosted this show, yeah. What I've discovered was Utah actually has a no whaling law, and after hearing that, it's like, now that law makes sense. That, oh. Yeah. Oh. That's strange. Yeah. yeah. I think... It, I think Washington State has a no hunting Bigfoot law too, because people were going out with guns hunting for Bigfoot, so they they made a law. I think Bigfoot is an, is a recognized uh, species in the Washington State. No, they're guide. trying to make it. Yeah. No, Claudia think- Ackley's trying to make it happen. It's not on the national. It's not on their wildlife register yet. What I'd a weird argument! No, this they're trying. A, to- this is the first <laughs> time this argument Actually, has ever happened. <laughs> Just do your story, Mike. Anyway, I just wanted to let you guys know that Great Salt Lake was the setting of the dark prequel to Free Willy. Um, This place is pretty weird, so I had a lot of fun narrowing it down to a handful of amazing cryptids for tonight's installment of High Strangeness, Creatures of Great Salt Lake. Hell yeah. And around there. Um, Also, I just wanted to note that uh, last night I googled Monsters of Utah and it asked me if I meant Ministers of Utah. <laughs> and I checked. I spelled monsters correctly. So make no, that I did not. what you will. Um, <laughs> so when it comes to high stra- Utah and high strangeness, the minds of listeners of our humble show might wearily drift to the fabled Skinwalker Ranch. And according to Navajo lore, a Skinwalker is an evil witch or shaman who can shapeshift into an animal a power that can only be obtained by murdering a family member. The infamous Gorman Ranch, the setting of crazy levels of paranormal activity that includes encounters with dire wolves, shadow creatures, UFOs, uh, dog-destroying orbs, and interdimensional Bigfoots, was established uh, along, that was settled along the path of the Skinwalker the supernatural territory of an entity so nefarious that the Navajo people don't even want to discuss it with people outside their tribe. And, oh, shit, we've devoted two episodes At least. to this subject. This is um, needy. So these are, these are kind of like your famous guys, right? Another supernatural entity known to the indigenous peoples of Utah are the sick and crafty water babies. That is a horrifying oh, image. That's Betsy, awful. You're going to love these. Disgusting. <laughs> That's awful. They water may, babies? They may sound... That is a person standing above them who dumped a bunch of babies into a lake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a murder. Mystery solved. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> Those are nasty. Um, now, water babies may sound oh. cute, but I'm telling you, these uh-huh. monsters do not fuck around. Similar to sirens or evil mermaids, the Utah Indians believe this mysterious race of dwarves lived beneath the, beneath the waters of Utah Lake, just southwest of the Great Salt Lake. They captured their prey by attracting unsuspecting passerbys through mimicking the sounds of a baby crying. No, everybody runs away from that. Nobody's pumped to hear that. (laughs) Hearing an infant in distress, the mark would rush to the lake waters in a rescue attempt only to discover they've been lured into a trap as the diabolical mer-creatures rise up from the shallows, sometimes by the tendrils of long, wet hair. The hair is floating on the water and then pushes the creature up out of the water, which is maybe one of the more horrifying visions. Uh, And they would drag the uh, would-be hero into their watery grave. 
You let babies fight their own battles <laughs> yeah. from here if on out. If a baby asks you for directions, they don't need it. Wham, <laughs> wham. Shut up. <laughs> I trust you, baby. Kick them away. Which way to I-15? You know that baby crying is like uh, is a common theme too, in like in like haunted forests and stuff Ugh. like that, and old fairy lore. And Even in some like weird that. Bigfoot stories and stuff, people would hear like uh, sounds of crying being lured off. Yeah, there was that story that took place in the news in North Carolina, I believe. A grand, uh, uh, this kid, he was like five years old. He was playing out in the backyard uh, with his sisters just completely disappeared from his grandmother's house. Uh, they brought in the search and rescue, could not find him. Uh, three days later, a jogger going by, hears a baby crying. and uh, Not a little kid. A baby crying, and then she's able to find this kid under these thorn bushes, relatively oh. unscathed. And he uh, wasn't the one crying. He, and he comes back out, and the, you know, the search and rescue is like, we'd been over that area almost five or six times. We're really kind of flummoxed. When asked the kid what what happened, how did he survive? He said, "I made friends with a, a bear," and uh, this kid's only five, so I'm no, not, I think he was three. Yeah, he was like three or something like that. If he was but, five, uh, I'd have to be like, "All right, this kid's a little dumb." Yeah, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I forget the exact age, but I think you're right. He's more like three he or was. four. But he was uh, three. Uh, but he's like this large, uh, hairy bear came and uh, took care of me, befriended me. First of all, that's not bear behavior. And, jungle uh, book. Jungle book. Uh, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. And it was uh, it was hibernation season, but the Bigfooters kind of jumped right on this. It's like that's classic, like uh, well, well, the good stories. So do they think the Bigfoot dropped him off and hid in the bushes and went? Yeah, I'm yeah, a little maybe. baby. I don't know. I'm just saying. Okay. Obviously, Whoa. yes. Thank you, Riley. Yeah. Let's be logical God. here. The North Shore Monster. Hitting closer to Salt Lake City, the North Shore Monster of Great Salt Lake was first spotted in the 1840s by one Brother Brainbridge, who described seeing a monster with a dolphin-like body swimming near Antelope Island. Almost 40 years later, the North Shore Monster was spotted again in 1877 by J.H. McNeil of Kelton, along with several of his fellow employees of the Barnes & Co. Saltworks Company. This time, the creature was described as having the body of an alligator with the head of a horse. Apparently, the monster roared or bellowed. (laughs) Hello, I'm a I have a horse's head. Help me. At the company, and they promptly ran up the hill and hid in the brush until morning. So just like we saw in those videos, yeah. it's a nat- you're right. It's Looks a natural like a bunch response. of baby eels teaming together to me. <laughs> some some skeptics say that what what they really saw was a bison. <laughs> Why would a bison? First of all, wait, that's did? so different. Than... Also, that's... you ever see one of these bison? You know, they got the body of an alligator and the head of a horse. <laughs> they like to splash around in the waters and go, Hello! <laughs> you think they were doing a lot of, like, opium back then? Wasn't Maybe. that a big old thing to do? I don't know. These were these were upstanding Mormon colonists. Oh. They were trying to, like, found Utah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Never mind. And they brought a lot of opium with Hell them. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. How do you... Yeah. Next, and perhaps the most popular lake monster in Utah, is not found in Great Salt Lake, but in Bear Lake, which stretches across the Utah and Idaho borders northwest of here. A gorgeous natural beauty. Bear Lake, <laughs> I'm describing the lake, not this, but he's cute too. I mean, that is I mean, a natural beauty. Oh my God, I just saw a woman in a purple sequin dress walk out the back of the room. Oh, I literally did. Yes. She, she was angry. Come back. Ooh. Terrifying. Guys, let's all go to the women's bathroom right now. <laughs> uh, a gorgeous natural beauty. Bear Lake, Bear Lake is a popular vacation spot that is sometimes referred to as the Caribbean of the Rockies. <laughs> is this true? It is? <laughs> yeah. Guys, I'm going to the Caribbean of the Rockies this weekend. Who wants to join me? <laughs> um, I want to know what those pirates look like. 
The Bear Lake Monster was reportedly seen by early Mormon colonists in the 1800s who witnessed a creature splashing around the waters of Bear Lake. And he was described as being pale in color and large with an alligator-like head, a huge swiping tail, and short stout legs that it used to roam the shores. It even uh, spouted water up from its nostrils in like geyser blasts. The Native American tribes knew about the BLM and described it uh, and believed it was an evil water demon that was not to be messed with. Its favorite snack? The buffalo that used to populate the area. Ah, you just go on and go chomp on a big old bison. Uh, so uh, this one guy, Joseph uh, C. Rich, wrote to the Desert News of Salt Lake City. Is that a new, is that newspaper still around? Is that like super? It is around. Oh, yeah. Is, is it your main paper? No. No. One or two. One, one of two. two. Great. Uh, thanks for finishing my research. I was having a glass of wine before I came over here. Um, so he wrote, and this story got picked up. Uh, this was his eyewitness account. This is from 1868. On Sunday last, N.C. Davis and Alan Davis. Uh, wait, let me see if I'm making sure I'm doing this right. Okay, here we go. Yeah, work on the accent. Okay. <laughs> a number of our white settlers declare they have seen it with their own eyes. The Bear Lake Monster, they now call it, is causing a great deal of excitement up here. S.M. Johnson at South Eden was riding along near the lake the other day when he saw something a number of yards out in the lake which he thought was the body of a man. He waited for the waves to wash it in, but to his surprise, found the water washed over, washed over it without causing it to move. Then he saw it had a head and a neck like some strange animal. On each side of the head were ears, or bunches the size of a pint cup. He concluded the body must be touching the bottom of the lake. By this time, however, Johnson seems to have been leaving the place so rapidly, he failed to observe other details. So there you go, again, the the spot and run, that's what it's called. The next day, three women and a man saw a monstrous animal in the lake near the same place, but this time it was swimming at an incredible speed. According to their statement, it was moving faster than a horse could run. On Sunday last, N.C. Davis and Alan Davis of St. Charles, Thomas Slight, and James Collings of Paris. You do not need to remember these names, by the way. They will not come back, but with six women... I love that he just named all the men. He was like, oh, yeah. and there all were the six. dudes, and then like six things that can carry a baby. Yeah. <laughs> That's all it is. <laughs> they were wearing uh, flip flops and thongs. <laughs> we're returning from Fish Haven when, about midway from the latter place to St. Charles, their attention was suddenly attracted to a peculiar motion of waves on the water about three miles distant. The lake was not so rough, only a little disturbed by the wind. Mr. Slight, Slate, whatever, I don't know how to say it. I'm writing it. I, I, I know how to write it. I don't know how to say it. Uh, says he distinctly saw the sides of a very large animal that he would suppose to be no less than 90 feet in length. Mr. Davis doesn't think... He was any part of the body, but his but is positive it must not have been less than 40 feet in length, judging by the waves it rolled up on both sides of it as it swam. Mr. Davis said he never saw a locomotive travel faster and thinks it made a mile a minute. These guys are just spotting fast-swimming monsters in a lake. Um... And then this is crazy because in this story, it appears that there's not one, but a number of these creatures. In a few minutes after the discovery of the first, a second followed in its wake, but seemed much smaller, appearing to Mr. Slate about the size of a horse. A larger one followed this, and so on, until before disappearing. Uh, Made a sudden turn to the west a short distance, then back to its former track. So he goes on to describe this thing, and he says, uh, Was it fish, flesh, or serpent? Amphibious of just a big fib? Or what is it? I give up. 
but live in hopes of someday seeing it. So this story, I love that there's like a baby and a mom. There's like a calf and like it sounds like a whole brood of these things. And the story uh, gained traction, and the Bear Lake monster became the stuff of local legends. Sightings of the creature continued sporadically throughout the 1870s. Mormon leader Brigham Young himself even commissioned an elaborate fishing trap to try to bait and capture the creature to no avail. Encounters with the lake monster dwindled in the late 1800s, but two men claimed the monster crashed their campsite in 1907 and tried to kill and drag away one of their horses. A Boy Scout master claims to have seen the monster or one of its descendants in 1946. And again, as recently, it was spotted in 2002 by a, na- by a man named Brian Hershey. Wow, that's crazy, man. So people are seeing this thing. I, it's not since 2002, so I don't know what's going on. The Olympics. Yeah. It is. Uh, <laughs> could be a correlation. Right? Totally. Big fans of Winter Olympics. Has anybody here heard of the Bear Lake Monster or maybe even seen it? Has anybody seen it? No. No, no shoot. I was heard of it. sort of made fun of when you said no. She's like, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, but you guys know about this thing. All right. I think there's time. Do we have time for... Yeah. One more before we move on? Yeah, oh, there's sure. always time for one more this cryptid. This is a spooky because we have another segment coming up. All right. This is a creepy one. And, and um, this is Dry Fork Canyon. Have you guys been to Dry Fork Canyon to see the, uh, the uh, petroglyphs they have there? Wow, those are awesome. Outside Vernal, Utah is a place called McConkey Ranch in Dry Fork Canyon where they have these crazy 15, uh, like 150. 1,500-year-old petroglyphs uh, from a, uh, a a colony of people that they call the Fremont people, and not much is known about them. They were a native tribe that disappeared some time ago. They may have migrated. They may have vanished. I mean, they, they don't even know what their culture was called. They're called the Fremont people because of the Fremont River, which was named after, you know, some dude. Um so they have all these crazy petroglyphs there, and they have, like, all these uh, entities or gods and creatures holding up heads that are bleeding. Some people think they might be warriors holding up the heads of uh, their, like, trophy kills. Um, but not much is known about them, but there's a lot of paranormal activity that happens in this area of Utah. Um, and I found this story. Now, look, this might be creepy pasta. It's been... <laughs> Shared on a lot of paranormal sites, but I thought this was a spooky story, and I wanted to especially share it with Marcy and Betsy. Oh, shit. This is uh, written by someone known only as Gus B. Uh Uh-oh. And he claims that he had a very strange encounter in Dry Fork Canyon, uh, a 15-minute drive out of Vernal, Utah. And he wrote this story and shared it on a number of websites and chat chat groups. Is that a thing still? (laughs) He says... He was on a um, he was at a wedding and at the reception a few of his friends suggested that they go out exploring in the wilderness. Around 5 p.m. they went out on the trails in Dry Fork Canyon. And this is a privately owned area, but they allow people to come and look at these these glyphs. And so Gus says of his story in his story, we came to an area in the woods that was thick and a little too dark for day. My brother tapped me on the shoulder and quietly said to me, Do you see that? About 15 yards away in the thick woods was a distinguishable dark shape. It was huge. It looked like a gorilla sitting on its knuckles, but it was completely black and far too tall to be a bear. And it was about seven feet tall in this crouching position. At about this time, everyone else in the group took notice of the huge dark shape. With some quiet caution and a leery eye, we continued our trek into the woods. In a different direction, I might add. And the trees were rustling and swaying, but there was no wind. The air was at a dead standstill. This spooked Tony, so my brother decided he'd seen enough. And my friend Cassidy agreed to take him back to the park. That left Brian, David, and I behind to wait for him. By this time, nightfall had already descended upon us. 
This disturbed me considerably as we had left at 5 p.m. and weren't even an hour into our journey. Suddenly, we began to hear odd hooting sounds coming from the trees. Brian called them Indian hoots, but I suggested that it was an owl. My suggestion proved incorrect as the hooting sounds intensified and came from places where I knew there was no source, like a spot a few feet away from my head in the air and the ground next to my feet. At this point, things were definitely getting weird, but it was about to get worse. (laughs) As we continued to wait for Cassidy to return, P.S. Cassidy is not coming back. (laughs) David seemed to be having an odd sort of panic attack. He could barely speak, almost as if some entity was trying to keep him from speaking. And he seemed genuinely terrified by something. Brian held his hand and tried to talk him down without much success. While this was all happening, their backs faced the woods with me facing into it. Out of nowhere, red eyes flashed out of the darkness at me. It was gone before I could ask if anyone else had seen it. Brian was still trying to help David... When a few minutes later, eyes flashed at me again. Only the eyes were ten more yards or so to the right than last time. I asked Brian if he saw the eyes, and indeed he had caught it out of the corner of his eye. David seemed to be calming down a bit when both Brian and I saw the eyes for the third time. Another good distance more to the right to the, in the woods. Somehow, we were behind enemy lines. And I had a feeling that if we didn't leave soon, something really bad might happen. The fact that David's fragmented tirade centered around demons didn't help at all. David, read the room, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, Cassidy returned, and I noticed that things were a little brighter. As fate would have it, there was a full moon shining down on us, and I was once again flabbergasted that the moon was out. We had only been in the woods a little over an hour. Cassidy then asked us if we wanted to continue deeper into the woods. Brian, David, and I all agreed that it was best we return to the park. As incredible as this sounds, things would only graduate into further realms of oddity. As they, as, oh, so they're saying, as he made our retreat from the area, trees began to sway again as if blown by a strong wind. Even though there was no wind... At this point, uh, he writes, we turned to see a number of grayish, white humanoid figures running along at a good clip. We, we ran like our life depended on it, which it very, mel- very well might have as we observed that the trees, the woods themselves, were closing in on us. So after running in about 15 minutes... They managed to reach the point in which they left, and the strange creatures disappeared. And uh, this guy writes that uh, when they got back to the park, six hours had passed. It was 11 o'clock, and they felt like they had only been gone. It was dark, and they'd only been gone what felt like an oh, hour, an hour. Wait, and they gone. were at a wedding? Yeah, they were like at a wedding in a park, and at the reception, or the reception was at the park. They were like, let's go off and explore. So and it was missed... in this area of Dry Fork Canyon around Ew. there. They missed the cake. They missed everything. They missed everything. They all missed their speeches. Oh, boy. Brian, David, <laughs> Cassidy, Edgar, <laughs> anyone, uh, Peter, anyone? <laughs> Susan. But it's so just, many name checks. This is like a story, story that reminds me of like Skinwalker Ranch you have. Oof. Red eyes, you have yeah. like weird lights, you have missing time, you have entities, the woods seem yeah. to be literally closing in it's on like them. It's like not just one thing, it's all of it. All of yeah, well, in Vernal, Utah is literally just a few miles outside of where Skinwalker Ranch is based. So whether it's uh, the ranch itself or just that area of Utah seems to be some sort of paranormal hotspot where uh, where the veil is thin and, you know, all these things seem to coalesce. Listen, when you talk about missing time, that's like a UFO thing, right? That's like an abduction thing. But now we're hearing it in sort of this cryptid type thing. I've often said, you know... All this stuff seems to be connected somehow, some way. I don't think that it's all just like standalone in their box. Like the UFOs are just UFOs and from another planet and beryllium ships and that cryptids are just these, you know, undiscovered monsters in lakes or in the forest and that ghosts are ghosts. Somehow, some way, there seems to be a sentient intelligence, a force that seems to be 
manipulating us through this, uh, through our own filters, you know. So if we come from a religious background, a religious fair, then, then we have the tendency to see angels and demons, you know. If, if, uh, if we believe in the afterlife or if we're scared of, like, you know, what happened to old Aunt Tilly, you know, then we have the, they have, we have the tendency old to feel Aunt and see Tilly. ghosts, you know. Um, yeah, man. But it's, it's strange and it's worth exploring. If you're into this stuff, you know, I highly recommend some of the work of John Keel. He's the guy who wrote the Mothman prophecies. And I've been reading a lot of his stuff lately, and he seemed to, he seemed to believe that there was a connection to all these paranormal experiences uh, that it came from some sort of uh, phenomena, not only from ourselves, but some intelligent, sentient force outside of us that inhabits this Earth, not coming from outside this planet. But also, he felt that it was sort of nutty, that it was sort of behaving like a, like a, uh, a, like a child, like a trickster, you know, sort of. That's why there's so many diverse paranormal stories. People see, like, aliens coming down and UFOs and making pancakes. True story. You know, <laughs> Grandpa, it's, Grandpa, it's time for your pancakes. You yeah, should come back totally. in off the porch, Grandpa. It, it's, almost <laughs> like, it's almost like this, uh, this force or intelligence. It's little off its rocker. Yeah, it's weird. And it's messing with us, uh, manipulating us. Causing us to see these things and Marcy, what, these things. what you got a weird look on your face? Well, I was just thinking about how the whole time you were reading, Bryce was like, "Mm hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> yes, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that yeah. sounds right. That mm-hmm. clicks mm-hmm. off. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yeah." He was just so into it. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> Betsy, you know, what oh. do you think about this? That's terrifying. The idea of missing time is so scary yeah. to me. I don't like the little creatures running after uh-uh. them. That's where I, I like literally have a heart attack and drop dead and die. Oh, my God. <laughs> Utah, that's your high strangeness for you. Wow. What a strange You guys strange. are weird. All right. Yeah. We're going to wrap up the show tonight. Uh, Marcy's going to take over the mic, and she's looking... For some listener stories. Yeah, so... And, if uh, anybody's got stories out there that they want to share, any weird encounters, any weird lights... I mean, we heard a few of them today that really blew me away. What was, I think, r- incredible about all your stories when we were by that booth earlier is that you think you're going to hear these, like, common ghost stories, like, ooh, there was, like, I heard footsteps in the attic, and ooh, but every one of your stories was, like, so crazily specific yeah. and detailed and just like Very strange good. strange that's why we call it high strangeness is just because this world of the paranormal it just encapsulates the strange all right i'm switching to the hand you're gonna get out in the crowd, no, marcy, crowd yeah. out there. take that um, mic out anybody want to talk to marcy no i told you my right. rules yeah, earlier guys all right. yeah. i told you my rules earlier you got one story it's got to be your best story it can't take too long we got to be out of here in a little bit so over here we got one right all right, come on. All right, can Marcy, can they say their name and their favorite cryptid or ghost? <laughs> yes, can you do what Michael asked, please? <laughs> here, here, come over here. Yeah. We'll stand up. Is this weird to stand in front of people? Is it worse? Um, I don't think so. Okay, great. Right. So keep uh, that mic right up to your mouth. Great. Okay, uh, my name's Kelly, and my favorite ghost is, um, I don't know, I mean, I really like shadow people. Oh, yeah. They well, fascinate yeah. me. I've got, like, so many sleep paralysis stories, but... Um, uh, I think my favorite story is when I was a teenager. Wait, can I get in trouble for saying stuff on here? Like, no. No wait, fucking wait, way. What do you mean? It's only say whatever the, the fuck you so want. No, no, no. This is a trespassing story. Can I get <laughs> yeah. any legal? I don't, I don't know that anyone's going to look for you based on your favorite cryptid and your first name. So <laughs> okay. I think you'll be fine. Um, so when I was a teenager, some of my friends and I, we broke into an abandoned building. Like, um, it's kind of like, it's like way off to the side of Salt Lake City. Um, like kind of by the canyon, and we, so this was a place where satanic rituals have been known to take place and everything. I have heard so many satanic stories today. What is happening? People are rebelling against religion here. Yeah, you got like two sides of Utah. You got the Mormons and you got the Satanists. And so, I mean, this place had like, so like after all, like after all these like Satanists had been breaking in and doing all these rituals and stuff, like they finally like, boarded up everything and it wasn't just boarded up with like cardboard or anything it was like big metal plates in front of all the doors and all the windows and so we had like gone around the building like for three hours um and it was just three of us and we couldn't find a single opening like there was one opening up on the roof and there was no way to get up there and um so we were like we finally like turned off all the recorders we turned off all our flashlights and we turned off like our ghost meter and um like this was after i'd started ghost hunting and everything and 
Um, you gotta get it a was ghost right meter. You can get them on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> Check the reviews. Make sure it's legit. And what's crazy is this was right after we turned off the recorder. Go figure. Um, and we were walking past the big metal entrance. Like, you know, this is one of the big doors that had been boarded up. And we heard three knocks come from the inside. <gasps> and after I heard three knocks, like, we were completely alone. Like, we'd been scouting this whole area for three hours. And after that, I was like, I'm done. I'm going home. And, this, like, in the same place, you can actually, like, hear a dog barking. And we did. We heard the dog barking, like, towards the beginning of the hunt. And that's, like, oh. the lore of it, that you will hear this dog barking? Well, because um, this place had burned down, like, twice. And so a dog and three women had died in the building. Oh, my gosh. Oh. And so you can't hear the, the dog Poor barking. dog. The women, fine. But the dog. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I felt, too. But, <laughs> yeah, so I actually won't go back to the building anymore. I um, talked to one of my friends is a demonologist, and he actually had a private tour of the building with professionals and everything. And he told me, he's like, you shouldn't have gone there. Like, and so I actually had to get a cleansing done. And um, like, there is a lot of demonic activity within the building itself. Wow. Mm. That's crazy. Thank crazy. you so much. Holy shit. Uh, all right. So I'm coming down to you. Uh, you know, you got to watch out when something knocks three times. It's business. <laughs> it's bad. It's either the cops or a demon. Uh, what's your name, sir? Brian. Brian. Tell me, what's your paranormal story? Okay, so I was 15. Minding my own business. As 15-year-olds are known to do. Be <laughs> <laughs> my room. Just completely destroying a toilet. Were you He wasn't in a bathroom, guys. <laughs> it wasn't in a bathroom. Uh, my family and I had just moved into a new house, and I have two younger brothers, and they shared a room. And, losers. Yeah, <laughs> losers. Uh, and my youngest brother like, just wasn't able to sleep, mm-hmm. like, for several days. And he was like, I see somebody at the <gasps> foot of my bed. Oh. Yeah. And so my mom was, like, freaking out, like, okay, oh. what's wrong with you? Like, do we have to take you to a psychologist or, you know, some sort of craziness? And then my other brother stopped being able to sleep, too, <gasps> and started saying the same thing. Oh. And so it was this whole mess of, like, what's going on? And everyone was like, oh, they're just, like, feeding off of each other's, like, feelings because they're freaking each other out being in the right. same room. And then I was laying in bed one day, and I was just, like, staring up at the ceiling. And all of a sudden, I hear just, like, (laughs) (laughs) and, like, jumped out of my bed, just, like, freaking out, ran to my mom, you know, because I might be 15, but I was still a mama's boy. And I was like, ah, help me. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, then my grandma came out, did some sage stuff, and then. It ended. That's it? Yeah. She should have done it earlier. I know. I know. That's crazy. Turns out. Just a bunch of juvenile eels. <laughs> wow. wow. That's a callback. Wow. That's, call that's a callback. Wow. Call call yeah. You call that. All right, we have another story. All right, over here. Love it. Um, yeah, that go. sage seems to help. Yes. I also think good. that, I will say this before we go to the next story. I think maybe sage definitely helps. I definitely believe that you believing you're pushing something out and kind of claiming your Most space definitely. works. Yep. Um, Agreed. And, you know, pray. I'm just kidding. Uh, but also, <laughs> anything you believe will work, I think works. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes, ma'am. Uh, so my name's Laura Lee. Hi. And I've been hunting for Bigfoot for about a year and a oh, half now. is that your favorite right. cryptid then? It is. Okay. It is. Nice. And, well, when I first went out, I was like, all oh, these people are crazy. And then I started, like, finding things myself and... If you look for the stick structures, it will lead you to areas where you're most likely to have, like, an encounter. Tell me the stick structures. Um, Like, you go up on the mountain into a weird place, and you see logs or sticks that have been piled or gathered Uh in in really unusual ways. Um, You'll see trees tipped upside down, things that are just really unusual or that are too heavy for people to lift. Wow. That would take uh, large equipment sometimes Mm -hmm. to get these trees in this position. Anyway, so we'd been, um, this was just this last spring, we'd been up on the North Ogden Divide and had been up into one of the side canyons looking at some of these different structures, and we came back, we were almost back up to the trailhead, and we heard, and, and I, have, I have the <gasps> recording too, I was like frozen, and so I didn't want to sling my pack off and get my phone out, but there was about seven of us, and so they recorded, um, can I play it for Literally. Are you telling us we're about to, to hear there. a Bigfoot vocalization? Yeah. Oh, turn sweet. All the way up, yeah. <laughs> oh, I hear the woof. It's like the hooting that 
was Michael was talking about in his story. Yep. That's and, crazy. And, and we had all been up there camping for a couple days, and we'd all heard owls. And, and there that were, doesn't sound like an owl. And an I owl. thought, and sounds I'm, like a big I'm very much a skeptic, and so I'm like, okay, well, maybe it's an owl, or, or like, what was it? And I spent weeks afterwards, even like going on the internet and and comparing all the known owls, and even owls that are not from this area, using thought, sound hound yeah, to try to, yeah. Be- oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> and and there was no people up there because you know the canyons behind us. And when we came up in the parking lot, we were the only ones there. Oh. And so I know it wasn't people. Yeah. And, and on our last squatching trip, we heard the same sounds again in another area. And I'm like, that, like it sounded like a human voice. Right. I don't know what it was. I'm not going to say it was like a big ape person. Because I will. Person, like, I think that's <laughs> ridiculous. Not, mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm, still very mm-hmm. much a skeptic. And yet I've been in these areas and I've heard things that I cannot explain. Now, do you think... And this is sort of a blanket question for anyone who's had paranormal experiences, that once you've had one encounter like that, that the second one comes a lot faster than the first one did? Well, once you have one, then you're looking for yeah. it, and you're paying attention, you're more open to it. And I was getting myself out there in the forest, and and you don't get squatch encounters if you don't go out in the forest. So, yeah, I started going out there a lot mm-hmm, more. Mm-hmm. And the second one that I was driving down the road, and I thought, oh, that log looks kind of funny. And I went off by myself into the forest, and that's where I heard more whoops. And Going into it, the forest by yourself is also very It was scary. daylight okay. at that time. So. Okay. Well. And, and, yeah, I was really scared. <laughs> yeah, I that's sent so him sc- in an hour later, and they heard, <laughs> he heard voices and, <gasps> and whooping and... I don't know. And there was nobody up there. Nobody. That's crazy. Wow. That's incredible. So yeah. I love that. Well done. I mean, Marcy, well we done. got like yeah. five minutes before okay. we got Okay, if we anyone has one, one, more. one wait, we wanna, maybe one more. One more. One more. All right. Real quick one. I'm going back You know, there. some of these tree structures she's talking about, like these are like, you know, sometimes like 100-pound sticks or logs, and they're broken up high. They're literally snapped, so they're not cut. They're not, uh, you know, broken off, but it's like someone just grabbed them and, you know, broke them, but... All right, name favorite cryptid. <laughs> My name is Angie, and I don't have one. Like, I love it all. Love them all. Like, Who could choose? Cryptozoology is like, oh. Okay. <laughs> Feral children, too. It's a oh. problem. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Betsy was one. Okay, my story, I'm from Bear Lake, so I, like, hear a lot of the oh. whole Bear Lake monster stories. We've got a lot of those up there, but I'm going to actually tell you one that nobody really knows about that actually happened. It's not a Bear an Lake. inside scoop? It's, an, it's not about a, the Bear Lake monster. So if anybody's um, really familiar with Bear Lake, I'm from the Idaho side. I'm from a little town called Paris. And Ooh, my, my mother and father-in-law... Um, lived up Paris Canyon. They were the only ones that were living up there year-round. People would stay there during the summertime, but during the wintertime, snow gets really, really heavy, and they would have to snowmobile in and out some of the time because it was, it's just so harsh up there. That's also rad. So they were, they were charged with um, taking care of the, the power plant that's up there. They Wait, lived in did little... they work there normally? So my father-in-law was, worked for the power okay. company. I just, then they're like, you guys take it. I can't yeah, deal with this anymore. <laughs> they don't want to take yeah. care of it anymore. Yeah, so that was his job. And during, this, the, during the fall, my mother-in-law would drive back and forth to work. And one night at dusk, she was driving by, and up Paris Canyon there are like these like little like where they like took away the mountain to do the road through uh-huh. like little cliffs but mm-hmm. not really cliffs but they're tall they're taller than like your car like a big truck and when she was driving by it was like right at dusk it was very very dark she could see out of the corner of her eye a monkey climbing <gasps> up the rock and it was bigger than a man and she they could see the monkey climbing up but it was like fast like like not fast fast cuz you can't drive too fast on those dirt roads but like, fast enough that she was like, holy shit, like, drive. And she's like, so she kept, she was the very elegant, very, very Mormon lady, like, kept that close to her cuff, never spoke about it. But every time she would drive by what we call the monkey rocks, she would go by extra fast because she did not want to see that again. Whoa. One wow. night, while they were sitting around the table, and some of her family members would come up and see her, I think it was around Thanksgiving, they, she opened up and started talking about this. And before she could even get the story out of her mouth, 
two of the family <gasps> members had also seen the monkey on the monkey Whoa. run. Oh That's crazy. Oh Guys, awesome stories. Marcy, give it up for Marcy Jaro. I did yeah. no work. Guys. Oh, Bryce. Can we teach no. your secret project? I, I haven't gotten word back that it's okay, but you guys are going to love it, and it has something to do with Bigfoot, so look for it. All right, we'll get an announcement soon. That sounds super disappointing. You should have, <laughs> honestly, Michael, Jesus we were hanging out before. You should have cleared this before we got I here. I forgot it was in here. Here we go. <laughs> uh, everybody, we're Bigfoot Collectors Club, our, our half of the show. You can find us, a uh, new show every Wednesday. Listen, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, please. And if you want to share your listener stories, your encounters, you can email us at BigfootCollectorsClub at gmail.com. We also have a Patreon page called Bigfoot Collectors Club, The Other Side, where we have, uh, even, uh, we have multiple bonus episodes every month. So if you want to support the show, come check it out. Some of the stuff that we recorded out in the showroom today will be up over there. Yeah, and Marcy, Betsy, why don't you tell people where they can find you? Oh, yeah. We're funny feeling. Uh, we're interviewing celebrities, comedians listening to your stories. If you have a paranormal experience, send it to us at funnyfeelingpod at gmail.com. Yeah. We'd love to play it on the show. Yeah, or email we'll scream it or about e- it. Yeah, you can send a Venmo. Venmo. You can send a Venmo. You guys send it to Mark. It'll be like $100 or something. <laughs> send a voice memo or an email. We're trying to rebuild a train station of a lady. Um, <laughs> um, and you guys have some more podcasts too, don't oh, you? Oh, yeah, we yeah. got a lot of podcasts. Ben, I have one that's called We Love Trash. It's me and my best friend, Mono, and we just talk about everything trash. Taco Bell, uh... Taco Bell. <laughs> uh, yeah. Taco Bell. I embarrassingly have two more podcasts. They're both reality television based. One is called 90 Day Bates, me and Nicole Byer. And we're talking about all the 90 Day Fiance <laughs> franchise. It's only on Patreon. Uh, we watch nine hours of television a week, so I, we request money. I have to say that I started listening to that uh, to support Marcy. Became a huge 90 Day Fiance fan. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm addicted. It'll, and now I'm getting into the Kardashians yeah. because of her other podcast. Yeah, Kardashian it with me and Jessa, Jessica Jean Jardin. And we talk about all things Kardashians. Yeah. Um, huh. You guys have been awesome. Thank you so much. We love you guys. Yeah, seriously. I want to say a couple things real quick. I want to thank uh, Fan X for having us. I want to thank Miriam at Cheek Geeks Miriam, for hosting us, you. putting this together. Thank you, Miriam. Um, I have comics, and we have some Free Bigfoot stickers. Collectors Club stickers. Come up and get these. Come get them. They're sweet. This got John D. Or, uh, yeah, John D. in it based on, uh, you know, you heard a story about that. Anyway, thanks, guys, for coming. Thank you, guys. Come up and get some goodies. Yeah. Appreciate it. Guys, Love you, guys. Next up, Kung Fu Panda panel. All right, well, we're here today uh, with some anonymous members of the uh, 501st Legion, Vader's first, Stormtroopers, and it turns out in a galaxy far, far away, paranormal occurrences happen all the time. What? So do you guys have any uh, paranormal stories? I do. Uh, It's kind of, I'll try to keep it not too long. So several years ago, uh, my brother and I went out to Los Angeles to a Lord of the Rings Oscar party, and... Uh, they held it at an American Legion hall that was right down the street from where the Oscars were being held. And later that night, uh, Dominic Monaghan and Billy Boyd and a few others from the par- from the Oscars came down and joined the Lord of the Rings party, and we were there. And uh, I love all, I love this already. We already have hobbits involved. Yeah. This is great. So yeah. uh, my brother and I were dressed as hobbits that night for the party. So we had our green capes and our feet and everything. We did the whole thing decked out. Uh, and so we got pictures with Billy Boyd and Dominic. Uh, and then later we got another photo with uh, Billy Boyd and his band, because his band, uh, Bee Cake, was there playing for the party. And when I got home and got my photos developed, uh, my photo with Billy Boyd has a little glowing orb oh, right in front yeah. of his face. Yep. So, and I... I talked to my my brother is is an atheist, so he's not sure about it. I'm like I'm like there it is. There's proof of ghosts yep. right there. I'll take and it. Although we didn't feel anything or notice anything that night, 
Yeah, it was totally in our photo. But so. like, it, and you said it was at an old American Legion. Uh huh. Yeah. Because I just feel like buildings like that, especially where like a lot of people gathered, you know, yeah. over time, tend to attract a lot of spirits like that. Yeah. So that would make sense. And you know, maybe an old veteran, someone that did something actually important, you know. Yeah. Uh, was trying to maybe block a it's shot. Like, what are of all a, these uh, you know, ants doing here? <laughs> yeah. This is where I come to relax after fighting <laughs> for my country. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Oh, that's awesome. So that's 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 about it. So that's yeah, good. Not everybody has a good orb story. I love a good orb story. So yeah, how about you, sir? I don't have an orb story. But uh, I was down by Mercury, Nevada, which is just outside of Area 51. Oh yeah. I'm gonna say maybe 20 years ago, and I was driving a transport. Um, a troop transport. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, this was a uh, clear night. Uh, maybe a three quarters of a moon. Uh, lots of light. No aircraft in in sight anywhere. And all of a sudden, the transport started to shake. Uh, extremely loud boom, and what looked like a craft of some sort just came down. I, I don't know, straight down from above us. Uh, just buzzed the top of the transport and zoomed off and what? all we could see was lights what? Could, what could you see a pattern in the lights no like, it, it, it happened so fast and it felt like it was it, it was so close to us it felt like it was uh, shaking the ground so we're looking at the ground first oh shit how many people were in the transport with you how many people were in the transport with you uh three so they all experienced it too yes wow what do you think that was? Uh, if you, you know, had to I, guess. I, I don't. Uh, I'm saying a star destroyer. Yeah, it was definitely <laughs> uh, a star destroyer. Yeah, or a tie at least fighter. one of those like Republican cruisers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. What, um, do you, if you had to guess, would you say it was military, or do you think it was something from? Uh, no, there's no way it was military from this planet. Wow. Incredible. Military, dude. possibly, but not from this planet. Dude, nice. second UFO. That's a that's wild, dude. That's a that crazy thing. That is scary and rad. Awesome guys. Well, thank you for sharing your story. Wow. I really love yeah, thanks for having us. You guys look look you, uniforms. Yeah, nice. These are uniforms. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my bad, my bad, my <laughs> bad. <laughs> uniforms. Shit. Get that's right. great, God. dude. That was awesome. That was like a legit <laughs> UFO story from a Listener story. I feel like we just stole that from Marcy. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna keep that. Everyone knows that. Yeah, but that was sick, though. It was sick. Ew, that was gross. <laughs> so disgusting. Um, that was really fun. Thank you to all our fans who came out to the show. I want to thank Fan X for hosting us. Wait, I'm gonna do it with my Michael. I read a book. <laughs> Guess what? <laughs> Joke's on you. I don't read books. Oh, oh wait. I'm Bryce, and I read a book. Yeah, Bryce reads all the books. Like Michael <laughs> reads books with pictures. I read internet couple. books. Yeah, with pictures. <laughs> Only the Comic picture books. books. I do read books. Um, Thanks, guys, for coming to the show. Thank you for sharing your listener stories with us. I want to thank uh, Funny Feeling Podcast for joining us on this live show. Most this definitely. was a blast. And we got tons of live listener stories from the floor of the show, and we're going to throw all of those stories, including... A couple stories from two stormtroopers. Yeah, you're not going to want to miss these. These stories were crazy. I was really surprised at how good they were. Um, they're going to be up on the Patreon right now. So if you subscribe and support Bigfoot Collectors Club, the other side, go over to the Patreon. We got a crap ton of new content waiting there for you right now. Um, Bryce, you want to say anything before we go? Yeah, no, check it out. Tell us what you think. Comment on our Instagram page or uh, or on our Patreon yep, and yep, let us yep. know what you think. Yep, yep. And as always, follow us. Uh, rate us rate and us, review, review us. It helps. Review us on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, we're trying to move thank up everyone. those charts, people. Yeah, yeah, I want to thank everyone at Campfire Media. You guys, Get regressed. We, we, we charted, you guys, and it's all because of you. Oh, we, yeah. we charted. It, that's right. We made it up to 161 on the Apple Comedy uh, podcast charts, which is really... That's crazy. It means a lot to us, and it 100% only happens because of you guys. So thank you so much for listening, for rating and reviewing. We, uh, we love you guys so much. Awesome. Marcy, you want to send us off? Betsy left. She's over it. Betsy <laughs> bought a book in the airport and gave up on podcasting. This lady's telling us it's time to board our flight. Guys, 
These road shows are great. Thank you guys for having us. And Marcy, we're so happy we had you. We love you. I second that. And Betsy, we love her too. Yeah, even she's though, on her phone. She's, even though wait, she's become a school thank mom. You. <laughs> <laughs> she's right. got to read one of her bodice busting books. Yeah. <laughs> Until next time, don't shit your pants and get regressed in the woods. <laughs> Close enough. Bigfoot Collectors Club is produced by Riley Bray. Our theme song is Come Alone by Sun Eaters, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It really helps get the podcast to more listeners. To support the show, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash Bigfoot Collectors Club and unlock multiple reward episodes every month. Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their cases had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible. And if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts.